Hello and welcome to episode 17 of In PS We Trust. My name's Davey and joined with me as always is Phil. Hello. And Spencer. Hello. I thought you were going to harmonise with me there. I You're going to go out. A step up or yeah, a step down. Octave higher, but I don't know. I messed it. There it is. I feel like we should have like another host. So there's a th- <laughs> so there's another one there at the end. It, yeah, it just feels a bit weird. We're a fortnightly PlayStation podcast, and we each bring one topic of discussion to the table to go in-depth on. But first, before we get into that, boys, we've had a listener correction. That's amazing. You know, we, we, we've had 16 episodes out there in the world, and this is the first correction. I, I know, I tell you what, we are on a good streak at the minute, and it's it's been broken now, but you know, if we can go all the way now from here until episode 34, bit of quick mass for you, then <laughs> we'll, be on, we'll be on a good little reign there. Our correction is from PS Now Guide. So they reached out to us on Twitter, and they said, First time listener, greetings from Thailand. Small correction, American cities have mayors, but states have governors. So you'll want to send your prize to the governor's office. Also, Subnautica is available through PlayStation's Play at Home program. So first off, I just want to say thank you, PS Now Guide. You are 100% right. Subnautica is on there. And what's weird is, after I recorded the podcast a couple of days later, I was going through my my list of games. I noticed Subnautica was on there. I thought, oh, kind of let that slip. But no one's picked up on any of these corrections so far, so I'm sure this one's going to slide through. Boys, obviously the last couple of episodes we've talked through the different stats and analytics for the episodes and which states are going to win my secret prize, which is probably going to be Robot Wars. Fortunately now, we know that we'd send it to the governor's office of that state. What are your thoughts on this? I suppose that's going to be a little bit easier for you to, to, to Google and get the right answer then. If you're uh, Googling the US mayors, you might not uh, get anything back. But what I was going to say, now that we've got PS Now Guides uh, listening to the podcast, and uh, hopefully you're listening now, we've got to be hot on our uh, facts, haven't we? We actually want you to research something. That's crazy. Speaking of the stats and analytics, this episode, we are having to record it a day earlier than we normally would do. And that's due to me having some extra commitments like I can't record on our normal days. We normally record on a Friday, and today we do it on a Thursday. So first off, that means that I'm not going to be running through the episode analytics because it's not been a full two weeks since the podcast went live. So I don't think it's a fair comparison. So Washington, Alabama, Texas, potentially Virginia, you've got another couple of weeks to really make a difference here. But no more said about that this episode. It does mean that tomorrow is a work day for me. So this is my first episode sober throughout the entire thing. This leads me on to asking, what are you drinking today? Well, I'm also working tomorrow, Davey, but I'm on the beers. I'm not going as hard as we normally go. I've set myself a three beer limit. I've got a couple of red stripes to go through. How about you, Spence? Well, I wasn't really prepared. I didn't buy any drink. But luckily, I had two record licks in the fridge from a night out last weekend. Ooh, so, nice. What, fla- what flavors you on today? Well, the one I'm drinking at the moment is a passion fruit. In the fridge, I have a wild berries waiting for me. You guys on the five and drive tonight, and I'm on the. I want a nice Yorkshire tea bag, in some water, a bit of milk, aka breakfast tea, the best tea over here in the UK. It's all we do. Yorkshire tea bags are the way to go about it. If anyone says Tetley, if anyone says PG Tips, turn the podcast off. 
sort your life out. You've got bigger issues at play here than listening to PlayStation News. Combining with that, a Robinson's orange squash. We're going hard, boys. We're going hard today. So, Davey, you're not only on a cocktail, you're also mixing your drinks tonight. Yeah, it's going to be a savage episode, this is. I'm going to have to look after myself tomorrow in work. It's going to stagger through the day. I suppose on that crazy bombshell, it does also mean that we're going to have to change how we work the Resident Evil button this week. So the Resident Evil button, for listeners, normally, as you know, whenever we'd mention Resident Evil outside of the what we've been playing section, and this, of course, this is the intro, come on, this is fine. Anytime outside of that, you'd get punished with having to do a shot, which is normally Jaeger or something else of equal proportion. Well, we got a night out on Saturday. So what's going to happen is that any Resident Evil buttons that are pushed, the punishment will stand, and I will be recording the reaction to taking those shots wrecked up on Saturday night. And normally on the podcast, we get drunk. We're going to be destroyed on, <laughs> on the weekend. So it's going to be a bit of banter. So who knows? We may end up pushing it. Judging by the last couple of episodes, it's definitely going to happen. And normally on a night out, you know, we video a few things. So make sure to follow our personal Twitters because you might see uh, some of us out and about in Cardiff um, taking those Resident Evil uh, forfeits. Um, but looking down the dock, I know Resident Evil comes up quite a few times. So it will be omitted from those topics as well as the intro. Um, so there's only limited chance we're going to mention Resident Evil in the other topics. Well, normally we break into it in quick news. Nothing's safe, really. Let's be fair. Nothing is safe. Speaking of Resident Evil. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really, do you know what? Sober me is really enjoying these little transitions. I don't know if you're picking up on this, lads, but I've noticed. Yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying these. For our blind listeners, Davey's got a massive grin on his face every time he moves on the topic successfully. This is something I never appreciate when I'm drunk. Speaking of Resident Evil, let's move on to what we've been playing. Last episode, we discussed two games which we'd started but hadn't finished, and that was Returnal and Resident Evil Eight. Now I know that we have all completed Resident Evil 8. Village is done. Now, I want to know, first off, I'm going to start with yourself, Phil, because you and me discussed it on the last episode. What were your top-level thoughts? Don't go into any spoilers or anything. Top-level thoughts on the game. Sure. Well, Resident Evil Village um, put in just under 10 hours, uh, which is quite similar to yourself. Um, but I spread I spread that out over sort of three days. Resident Evil Village dropped through my letterbox. I think it was just before two o'clock on the seventh, and I had that finished off on the tenth. I played it through on the standard difficulty, which I actually regret now. I wish I had gone for the harder difficulty. I'd probably say low points of the game was was the castle and the daughters for me. I see what Capcom were trying to do, but the daughters just the fights just weren't interesting enough for me. So high points would be uh, the second or third because it's optional which path you take. And then, of course, the ending was was a high point for me. I really like that, which I know is quite controversial uh, reading on Twitter. Yeah, I got to say, when I listened back to the previous episode, there were parts that you and me sounded a little bit negative on the game. And what's interesting was the part we played that we were discussing there is definitely the weakest part of the overall package. The game, to me, just improves, improves, improves over it. Well, it has one spike where it's actually the best thing I've ever ever seen. And then it kind of settles in just a really good pace from the rest of it. My thoughts overall, yeah, I completed it. I completed it within nine hours. Really enjoyed my time with it. Absolutely loved it, uh, to be completely honest with you. So for my money, 
Resident Evil Village is the first time the series has actually been able to condense the action half of Resident Evil with the classic style of Resident Evil. It's been tried before with Resident Evil 4, and I don't think that's a successful melding, personally. I don't think that game is really a true Resident Evil. But with the exploration and the puzzle solving that's in this game, combined with the action that you get, and the number of enemies, and and how kind of kinetic it all is, to me it just achieves on all of it. And that melding just feels so good together. It was a joy. An absolute joy to finish. Uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved my time with it. What about yourself, Spence? What are your thoughts on the game? All right. We know I finished it. I actually started on my speedrun of it today. I adore this game. I actually love this game. I think it's brilliant. I completely agree with the, the peaks and the lows. I think it's quite blatant. I think more or less everyone who's going to play this game will agree on like where those sections are. But the game just works, you know? It just works so well. The way the game flows, the pacing, the story, the combat. It's close, close to a perfect Resident Evil game. Kind of. Oh, I don't know. No, maybe not. That's so hard to say. It's a good game. It's a great game. I love it. So do you think then, with us all settling around the 9-10 hour mark for playtime, I know we discussed before last episode actually that gameplay isn't a factor really in how we perceive um, value from a game, that really the shorter the experience sometimes the better. Do you True. feel, because I've seen a few people kind of kick off, even though this is a reduced price game, it's not full 70, I have seen a few people on Twitter saying, oh, I'll wait for it to go cheaper because of the game length. Do you think that's justified at all? No. I mean, it's longer than 2 and 3 Remake, like easily longer, even if you fully explore 2 and 3 and fully explore this. This is way longer, I reckon. And it's be- it's brilliant. People are stupid in that sense, I reckon. I just completely disagree. Yeah, I, I disagree as well. You know, this is this is something that I, I look at and laugh because Resident Evil Village is 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 a full PS5 offering, isn't it? It takes advantage of so many features when it comes to the PS5, and I I wouldn't want it to play it anywhere else because the PS5 is, is the premier offering at the moment. Both of you are completely bang on. The amount of production that's gone into every single square inch of this game is phenomenal. It's easily the best looking game on the PlayStation 5, without a doubt, in my opinion. In fact, I'd go so far as to say it's the best looking game I've ever seen in my entire life. It's incredible. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that either, because the other game, which I'm sure we'll talk about straight after this, I would say is 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 visually on a higher level than Resident Evil Village. Oh, I disagree with that. I, I didn't even mean that. that. I didn't even mean that game. I meant Demon Souls. Do you wow. think? No way. No chance. Demon Souls, mate. It's been a while since you played Demon Souls. Honestly, the amount of times that I did slow E3 pans across that game can't be stated. The amount of times I literally just stood there and just stared at a vista or an environment were just countless. In fact, it was probably most of my playtime was there. It might only be a five-hour game. I think models-wise, it's either slightly better or on par with Demon's Souls. Probably slightly better. But then the animations are way better on Demon's Souls. Way better. And then there's no texture popping on Demon's Souls, which there is. There's quite a lot of it in Village. That's true. Yeah, there is there is quite a bit of texture popping. You are quite right. That is something that I'm sure will get patched out and fixed in the near future. But yeah, you do notice that quite a bit. 
so as our listeners know, um, when I was talking about um, Spider-Man Miles Morales, I, I generally play my game through uh, the story once, and then I put it on my shelf, give it a bit of time, and then go back to it. I think you guys have already sort of touched on that you're going back for sort of speed runs or your second run through. Where, where are you guys at with that now? Um, so for myself, I'm just about to start a hardcore run, which I'm, I'm going to play through and just get all the collectibles, take my time with it, just redo the story again, basically. Try and have the similar kind of experience, but make sure I don't miss anything. I missed three files over the game and a couple of the the little wooden um, statues that you can you can destroy, the collectibles. So I want to get the trophy for that and do it on hardcore for that little bit of an extra challenge just to see if I did miss out on playing it on the standard difficulty. And then after that, I'm going to go for my speed runs and just kind of grind for the platinum at that point. You're straight going for platinum uh straight away now you're not going to give it any time and sort of go back to it later you're just going platinum now i'm kind of torn actually if i'm completely honest because the game we're going to be discussing next returnal is pulling me and i can't really leave it alone but i have to cover village for youtube uh so i have to go back to it so i'm just going to use that to take off two things i want to do really take a little break from returnal I can kind of just pick up Returnal and play it. And the problem is it just takes over my entire night. I just need to put Returnal away and just focus on Village for the moment. Fair. How about you, Spence? I know you're quite completionist with games. Yeah, I'm very much the same as Davey, but the opposite. Because I'm doing the same thing, but I've gone for the opposite approach. So I started my speedrun today. I'm not doing the hardcore yet. I'm playing on casual, the easiest difficulty, because that's the best thing to do. I'm doing it with knife only, no heals. Nice. Trying to nice. beat in under three hours. I've just, I'm at the start of the third boss and I'm about an hour and eight minutes, I think it was, into the game. So I'm doing good. And the way I'm playing it now, to me, it's crazy that it took me over 10 hours to beat the game the first time. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw some of the, the stuff on Twitter where people were doing speed runs with like knife only as you're doing. And like, there were so many questions about how, how were they beating the bosses with just the knife? But I guess, I'll, I, I guess I'll get to that when, when I do my speed run. I am looking, like personally, I am looking forward to revisiting it. But probably what I'll do is wait until they, they announce some DLC. And I'll sort of go back just before the DLC to sort of refresh my memory about the game. And, and, and then dig in then. I know with uh, Resident Evil um, Biohazard, we had No More Heroes and Ender Zoe, which was the additional story content. Uh, and then we had the banned footage, Volume 1 and 2, which were unique uh, unique scenarios with an extra mode included. What do you guys think about DLC? How soon are we going to be getting this with Village? And what sort of things do you think is going to be included? Without spoiler, it's going to be very difficult, this. Personally, I don't care about DLC. I actually don't really want any. Mercenaries mode is an add-on mode that we have that I know a lot of people are really enjoying. I know I'm going to have to play it for the Platinum. I don't really care about it. Never have with any of the additional Resident Evil modes. The only thing I'm actually interested in at the moment is Resident Evil Verse. RE Verse is all I want to play, and obviously that's been delayed till summer. Really? I thought, you know, you're, you're a story head a bit like me in, in the sense that we level the narrative that goes through Resident Evil, right? We lap that shit up. Yeah. And, and definitely the DLC when it came to Biohazard had a lot of sort of background on all the characters. Like, you wouldn't have found out what sort of happened with 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 Lucas, if you didn't do the uh, the add-on stories, that's true. But I f- I think without spoiling anything, I think the story of Resident Evil Village is really contained, and it ties up really well. I feel so. I don't know what they could do in terms of in terms of DLC content that would kind of sure. enhance that experience. 
I, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. And chances are, I'm going to be a sucker for it. I'm going to, I'm going to replay it. But at the moment, I don't need it. And I suppose that's always a good thing with the game that you just feel content with what you've got. That it's enough there for me to feel satisfied with. Don't know how you feel about that, though, Spence. Um, well, for me, the game's perfect as is. I probably don't want any DLC. If they do give us DLC in any sense, similar to like you said, I'd probably want to be for Ariverse, as in like more characters, more weapons, more areas, probably free DLC to be fair. I don't think I'd want to pay for it. Depends how good the game is. But Village itself, personally, I think just leave it alone. I love the game. I don't want anything happening to it. I think this conversation will carry on and carry on once we do the spoiler cast because there's lots of DLC that I've been, you know, reading about ideas on Twitter which we'd like to go through. But we'll we'll leave that for another day. I think you're exactly right. We are going to be doing a spoiler cast, which we're going to leave it a few weeks because we want everyone to be able to have chance to play the game through, absorb it, see how they feel. For us as hosts to be able to really, really nail down how we feel about the game through a couple of runs or in Phil's case just having a bit of time away from it and then we're going to sit down and record the spoiler cast it won't take away from the no- a normal episode that we'll be doing it won't be a numbered episode at all just like we did with the Mars Morales spoiler cast before similar kind of thing so what we'll do is when we get closer to the time we'll give you all the information on when that's going to go live so the other game I've danced around it long enough Returnal it's my game of the generation so far It's my favorite game on the PlayStation 5, easily. I've completed the game. I've beaten every boss. I've done every biome. I'm now on the end game content, uh, which is called Act 3. And I love it. I absolutely adore it. And I finally feel that I've become godlike at it. Now, it could be the run luck I've had. I've had some really lucky runs. But when I said about Resident Evil... And then having an odd run of Returnal. This is the problem, right? Is that the last two times I've done that, each run has been three hours plus. Because I just haven't died. I've beaten every boss now. And I've racked up a total of 14 deaths across the entire game. And that's it. I literally have just smashed it. After the first biome, where it was kicking my ass. After that, I didn't die to a single boss. I beat every single boss first attempt and just ran through all of Act 1 in one night and then all of Act 2 in the fo- in the following night and just absolutely slapped it. I loved it. I loved it. It is a perfect experience. I honestly have nothing bad to say about it. I adore it. I'm so glad there isn't a save feature in it. I'm so glad there isn't any of that stuff that I was talking about last episode. I was totally wrong. It is brilliant in every single way now i know that i'm the furthest into this game so phil have you managed to play any more since our last episode i haven't you know all, all my game and time has been put into uh resident evil 8 but sort of hearing you know your your section now about returnal it gives me a lot more confidence to go back to it because boss fight one was kicking my ass all my deaths bar two because i had two deaths in biome two but that was quite near the beginning of biome two but that's it. So Biome 1 was the hardest. And I think that's just because you're learning. Like you are just yeah. getting your ass handed to you. And it just it just clicked after that. It just it really sure. did. Everything. Understanding all the systems, not having to go into the help menu every five minutes and read what this 
one thing is what's ether again what's what's this you know it, you just know it all and it just it flowed really well so don't put off don't be put off by the difficulty it's like we always say you just got to get good and have a lot of luck well i've only got three games for the the, the playstation 5 so uh you know miles is done village is done Returnal is, is the next one on the list, which I'll be playing right up until Ratchet and Clank uh, comes through my letterbox. What about yourself, Spence? How are you getting on? Same as you. I adore the game. I'm not as far as you. I've just finished Act 1, and I I got maybe halfway through Act 2, I think, and then I died. The other night, I was really stressed out, and I just died. And oh, I literally, I was so upset. I was actually fuming. I left my console in rest mode all night just to save my progress and then next morning booted it up died in like 20 minutes oh no oh no which biome <laughs> were you on um it was i think biome five technically or biome six but yeah that happened i do love the game i'm glad I'm, I'm still glad there's no save feature i'm amazed that you've done so well after struggling on the first boss for so long because i beat that first boss second try and then the third boss, no, yeah, the third boss kicked my ass for so long. I think what helped is that on that on that magic run where I did boss two and three in one go, I was busted. Your I damage had... output, I saw the VOD, mate. Your damage output was insane. I picked up something. I don't know what it was. I think I just had a good mixture of a couple of different parasites and a couple of different couple of different weapon mods which just made my my run so it wasn't easy everything was a challenge but when i got to that boss i just absolutely slapped the absolute shit out of him he he was he was probably the easiest part of that entire biome which is just weird do you do you think it it, it could be down to age as well right you know you look at like pro gamers and they're all like 17 because they pick <laughs> games up so quickly. You know, it takes me a bit more time, right? I'm 36, and I'm noticing that when I'm playing games now. Spencer, he got the furthest initially, didn't he? And now you've taken him over because you spent a bit more time in the system. So I think age could be a little bit of a factor that we're playing here. Do you know, I've been thinking about this myself, actually. I think I'm actually getting better at games. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not even just saying that. I honestly do. I was thinking about this myself, right? Like, I've said before about how I picked up, like, I found a horrible histories diary from when I was a kid, and I had beaten, like, European Extreme and Metal Gear Solid in there. Like, I couldn't dream of doing that now. But I think as a kid, I think Returnal would have kicked my ass. I don't think I would have, I don't think I would have had the kind of experience of just sticking things out and just weathering it until you get good. I think I probably would have just binned it off and played Fortnite, uh, like, if I was a kid. And... I, I think there's something in that, you know. You just learn that life's going to beat the shit out of you. So you just got to suck it up and crack on. And I think I've only learned that with age. But that would be you as a kid now. Yes, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you know, if you were a kid like in my day and age with like Master Systems and Nintendos, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we would have or... oh, probably stormed through to all that losing our life. Yeah, these ga- that's the way games were built. Yeah, it was everything. You, then, you had it? you had three or four lives, and you, had, you you back to the start. Yeah, that's everything true. It was a roguelike back then. It's true. It is Mario. Mario is a classic Mario. roguelike. In Mario, the class classic. Uh, <laughs> that so, wasn't the point I was going for. But funny, yeah, <laughs> funny. So, so Spence, obviously, with with you now, kind of um, with you losing that run progress and stuff like that, 
are you not feeling that kind of draw like I am to go back in? I know you're saying like Resident Evil 8 is kind of taking you away from it, but like I'm even just talking about it now, I'm just excited to replay Returnal. I, I, I just am. Uh, so are you, are you just finding that your version of that is Resident Evil at the moment? I don't even think it's that. I don't think it even matters what game it is at the minute. I just haven't had a platinum in a while. And I just really want to get one. I booted up Ratchet and Clank the other day, 2016 Ratchet, to just finish that off and get the platinum for that. And within 15 minutes, I was so fucking bored. That game sucks, you know. Oh my god! Because you were going to wait until Ratchet actually came out properly, weren't you? Um, or were you we were getting close to the release of the new Ratchet before you went back? You honestly still think that game sucks? To be fair, I only played. I just booted up my save. And I was towards the end, and I played like 15 minutes of just running about, trying to feel the movement, feel the 60 FPS. If I boot the game from scratch and just play it new game, I might enjoy it. But I played it for 15 minutes for, yo, I got Returnal in my console, what am I doing? And I started playing Returnal. Yeah, well, yeah, well, that, that's fair, that's fair. I suppose yeah. we'll, have to, we'll have to wait to see if your assessment's a bit premature and we get a bit closer to the time. Before we end the topic, I've got one final question for you guys. Oh, go on. Davey, I remember back in the day when, you know, we had a game of Smash and, you know, my, my Pikachu, I think back in the day, might might have uh, knocked you off the stage and I think you were a little bit frustrated. And I remember my GameCube handset getting thrown full force against my bedroom wall to my horror because I'd only owned four of them at the time. How many PlayStation handsets have you gone through? Because in our private chat, I've seen you've ordered another uh, DualSense. I have. We will be talking about that later in the podcast but to answer your answer your question and to kind of add a little bit of clarification for our audience i was absolutely ruined on vodka and it may have been a case that it wasn't just phil playing me at smash it was a three-on-one in a four-way brawl but everyone just decided to pick on me and so it gets to a certain point where after you're whipping three people on one and it's getting close and then you lose that three-on-one, and you lose those potential bragging rights, someone's got to pay. And it turns out it was Phil's brand new controller. And I I don't think it worked properly after that, did it, Phil? No, I've still got it. And yeah, one of the buttons <laughs> on the back doesn't work anymore. So, uh, And that's your fault. Joke. That's your fault. <laughs> the way I look at it is that you smashed that up, and then I stole your PlayStation Move handset, so it you know evens out in the wash. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. We'll, we'll, we'll let bygones be bygones. I'll cross you off my hit list. You're off now. That's a good, you made a good argument. You made a good argument there. I won't come around with a baseball bat and start smashing up your stuff. That's fine. <laughs> Mate, I bought a book the other day, you know. I Did it have that. a lenticular sleeve on it? Fuck no. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm just, I, I, I'm trying to drop that into conversation now. I'll be like, lenticular sleeve. In it? It does sound posh though, doesn't it? Was it? it I was looking very, at Blu-rays earlier and I was like, look at that lenticular yeah. sleeve. It's on, <laughs> it on Spider-Man Far From Home and um, Homecoming Bundle. I bought this. Nice. Look at this. What's that? Uh, the greatest cases of Sherlock Holmes, Arthur Conan Doyle. Oh, they do. That nice? That's what? not what I was expecting that to be. That's a really yeah. That, there's no pictures in that book though, Spence. <laughs> Moving on to quick news. Herman Holst did an interview with Wired. Wired have been getting quite a few scoops from PlayStation in recent times. Now, in this article from Wired, which I'll put in the description of the podcast. An interesting tidbit in there. 
is that there is 25 PS5 titles in active development by PlayStation Studios. Now, they're all going to be different sizes, not all going to be big AAA things. Some of them are going to be small and different genres and things like that. But it does beg the question what they could be. I suppose what we'll have to do is just keep an eye on E3, which is in a couple of weeks' time, and see what answers we get to that question, and then kind of revisit that and see if we can figure out what the actual plan is. But it makes sense, instead of spending time on it now, we've got E3 literally around the corner. So by next episode, we could even know what a lot of these are. But have you guys got any thoughts on that at all? Literally nothing. Wait and see. Wait and see, yeah. So for my bit of quick news, from VentureBeat... There's an article stating that Microsoft has no plans to release Bethesda's upcoming space role-playing adventure Starfield on Sony's competing PlayStation 5 console. So this game is completely exclusive to at least Xbox and maybe PC. Any thoughts? Well, it's what we said before when we had Potato Chief on. When we were trying to figure out what Bethesda's whole deal was going to be moving forward. If they were going to keep things locked down on their console or put it across to PlayStation as well. Looks like they've made a decision and it's going to stay on Xbox. Personally, I don't give a shit. I honestly don't care. It's not Doom, it's not Wolfenstein. Do whatever you want. Literally, Davey, same as me. I don't care. Even like, I know you like Doom and Wolfenstein. I don't care about any, any Bethesda titles. They could all just be wiped off of the PlayStation Network and the PlayStation Store. I do not care. I don't play them. I probably never will. Fair. So on to me. Quick, quick news. The official trailer dropped yesterday, uh, which is Wednesday 19th, for Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. Uh, This is the CG serialized drama featuring the hero, Leon S. Kennedy, and Claire Redfield. This will be streaming on the 8th of July on Netflix, but I don't know about you lads, I cannot wait for this. I mean, yeah, I love my, my Resident Evil stuff. I love all of it. I love the animated films. I love the live action ones, even though I'm in the ocean. But they're fun. They're fun. And I love a good Netflix binge. So, give it to me. If this was live action, then I'd be torn. Because I wouldn't want to say that I was looking forward to it. Because it's more of walking into a potential trap. You paid money to sit down and watch, right? And that's going to happen with me with a live action movie whenever that comes out. But... The animated ones are always fun. And if I can get more gun-foo kind of action on top of some kind of skyscraper, I'm all for that. So I'm hoping, if anything, they just dial that up to 100 and we end up seeing Leon and Claire maybe have a little duel, maybe where they got two machine guns and they're crossing guns and shooting down each other's barrels or some other nonsense like that. And maybe you have Nemesis fighting Tyrant just to chuck it in there. You know, nonsense stuff. But I'm looking forward to it. We'll see. Maybe I'll I'll turn around and eat my words and it would be the best Resident Evil thing I've ever seen. But I don't have high hopes, but that means I can only hopefully be impressed by it. What about yourself, Phil? Are you you going to be wild on this then straight away, day one? Binge it. As I said, I cannot wait for it. You know, it's, it's the type of thing that I, I would want sitting on my shelf if it wasn't it, um, coming out of Netflix. Thank God. Thank God it's only on Netflix then. I don't want to look at that behind you on the webcam. You'll have to burn it to DVD for me, Davey. (laughs) I'm not wasting a DVD on that. My final bit of quick news before I hand over to Phil to close is the Days of Play sale is beginning on the 26th of May. 
Now, the Days of Play sale happens every single year, and it's where Sony teams up with retailers and on their own online stores on the PlayStation Network to offer discounts for a load of exclusive games. So those games at the moment as they currently stand, and this list could change by the time that sale goes live on the 26th, is for PS4, you've got Death Stranding, Ghost of Tsushima, Ghost of Tsushima, one day I'll be able to say it properly, Spider-Man Mars Morales, Predator Hunting Grounds, Sackboy A Big Adventure, The Last of Us Part 2, and the selection of PlayStation Hits games, which like the old Platinum range that they used to do back in, uh, back in PS2 uh, and PS1 days. And then for PlayStation 5 games, you've got Demon's Souls, Spider-Man Mars Morales again, Marvel Spider-Man Mars Morales Ultimate Edition, which is the one that includes the PS4 remaster of Spider-Man, Sackboy A Big Adventure, and the Neo Collection. I mean, that list is pretty heavy hitting, apart from Predator Hunting Grounds. Uh, all really, really good games on there. We don't know prices or anything, because those details go live on the actual Days of Play store on the 26th of May. So, And you'll also be able to see which retailers are taking part on that date as well. But one thing, if you are interested in trophies like me and Spencer are, is that activities have gone live. So activities, you sign up through going onto the actual Days of Play website, which I'll put a link in the podcast below. On there, you sign up, they play games, earn trophies, and that contributes to a score. And that score, when it hits certain goals, you get free stuff. So that would be either like themes for those PS4 users or avatars or both. And it's going to be all different things and, and different kind of goals as it goes on. So if you are interested in earning free rewards, then sign yourself up, go out, play some games, earn some trophies, have a good time and get some free stuff from Sony. Definitely some big games on that list. And uh, for any of our listeners that haven't played Death Stranding, I would highly recommend it. It gets a full 10 out of 10 from Phil. But guys, I've got some big, big news. Hit me. Time Splitters is officially, finally, making its grand return. An announcement from Deep Silver um, for their new entry in the series is officially underway. It's still very early days, but it's, set, it's something definitely to keep our eyes on. Now, I haven't played Time Splitters since Time Splitters 2 in the early 2000s, playing local multiplayer at sleepovers. Did you guys ever pick up Time Splitters back in the day? Just before I answer that, Back in 2000, yeah? 2002. Weren't you a little too old to be having sleepovers? You were at least like 52 back then, weren't you? That's insane. Mate, it was all babes back in those days. <laughs> Me and the girls playing time splitters. <laughs> playing virus. Who was the monkey? Who was the monkey? That's what I want to know. We're, we're having pillow fights, mate. <laughs> but yeah, I, I adored time splitters. I played all three of them. I absolutely loved them. Uh, Time Splitters 3 was actually my favourite out of them. I know that Time Splitters 2 is most people's answer, but I loved Future Perfect. Future Perfect, yeah. I adored that game. And just like you were saying, I used to go around a mate's house and I was like 15, 16 at the time and just caned that game. Absolutely played it to death. Loved it. Well, well, Future Perfect was the only one with actual online multiplayer, but that was only available on Xbox and PlayStation 2. So I don't know which version you played. Maybe it was the GameCube because that was only local multiplayer. Yeah, it was on the GameCube. That's the only way I played it. I did have a copy of it on my PS2 uh, and I did have it for myself, but I never had the network adapter. So I had I never played online until PS3, um, but... other than the odd game I played on PC online. But But that was it. That was it. But yeah, I absolutely adored it. Now, Spence, does Time Splitters mean anything to you? 
It does. It doesn't mean a lot. I'm not going to lie. I definitely played it as a kid. I think I played Time Splitters 2. And maybe I think they had one of those, you know, like they had Time Crisis stuff, like those uh, shooters in arcades. I feel like there's a Time Splitters one somewhere. Definitely not. Do you not reckon? I feel like no. there was. Right, maybe, maybe I'm chatting out with let's my do, Let's do a quick Google. Let's hand it over to the quick Google and we shall, for our audience, this would be seamless. You will never know this has even happened other than that I'm telling you it has happened. Let's ask the Google. And Google says... Uh, the Google <laughs> says no. yeah, 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 no chance, no chance. All right, well, that didn't happen then. But I definitely played Time Splits as a kid. I think when my mates had it, I played it on their GameCube. And I played it maybe four or five years ago on a on an emulator as well on a gamecube emulator but other than that i think i only played the first mission so it doesn't mean a lot to me but i know it's a great game you know time time splitters 2 for me was the progression of playing goldeneye right you, you'd play that time splitters was better graphics faster pace more weapons more vir- more, more, more variety so what's interesting is the guys who created time splitters originally worked on goldeneye and that's where they came from. They were ex-Rare employees that came across and formed their own company. And after Time Splitters, they unfortunately released Haze to the world, which is one of the worst games I've ever played in my entire life. Uh, and then they went out of business. But I'm so glad that they're back. And it's those two original guys who ran that studio before. They're back. So the guys who created the franchise are returning to it. And that's what's got me most excited about this news. Was that Haze game the one that you and Big Dog bought? No, that was Mag. That was Mag. Mag. There we Mag's go. That's another, that's another trash game. Oh god, yeah. No, Haze was really bad, and it was. Wasn't think... it? Sorry, wasn't it the one with the yellow helmet with the correct eye? Where yes. if you had the six axis on PS3, you could control the boomerangs by tilting your controller. Oh, I, I don't, I can't remember any of the six axis stuff. All I can remember, right, is that at the time I've never seen press coverage be so high on something, and it was like the next Halo killer, the next Halo killer. And then I remember I bought it and then I played through the first three levels, I think. And I was like, these graphics look fucking gash. They looked like, right, they, they literally looked like at the time, this was PS3 and we were like talking following Killzone 2 now. So graphics were pretty damn good, especially with Killzone 2, which looked exceptional. Obviously made by Gorilla, so no surprise there. That game looked like a PS2 game. It was bad, and it played worse. It was so bad. I've never been so disappointed until I watched the Resident Evil live-action movies. Resident Evil. Oh, you had to. Is that the button? Yeah, we've not activated the button this entire time. Surely it is. I swear that's the button, because we're on a different topic. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a shot when you're out, and that's a video to Twitter. All right. Okay, I'll take that one on the chin. I'll take that one on the chin. Now, the, the interesting thing about this with the, with this version of the button, right, is that normally it's safe to say the game that can't be named until we take the shot. That can't happen. So literally, as soon as the button's pulled and we pulled up on it, we say, yes, yeah, right, that's it. Like, the button's rearmed, right? So we can have literally activation after activation, worst case. But yeah, sorry. Oh, well. uh, yeah, what I was going to say, you said Haze looked utterly gash. But it was the Halo killer. Did it look better than the trailer for Halo 5? <laughs> Actually, yeah. 
yeah, it burn. did. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, yeah. That that game. I really hope. I, I mean, I said this so many times now over the podcast in different forms, but I really hope the new Halo is good because otherwise, eh, oh, I just feel sorry for Potato Chief. Seeing his little <laughs> face, man. If that game's terrible, Christ, we're gonna absolutely tear it into him. Do we know if um, Hayes sold well? Because obviously the marketing worked on you. You know, you you went out and bought it as as the marketing stated. It was the Halo killer. I'd imagine other people bought it at the same time. I wonder how many people and fell into it. that trap. This is the thing, though. This was like back in the day where you could like play a game from game, and then like a couple of days later, go back and be like, "This game's just terrible." And they'd take it back from you. They'd be like, okay, we'll refund it. Whereas now they won't do that. They'd be like, sorry, you've got to pre-own it. And, well, you bought it for £50? Well, we'll give you £5.50 in-store credit, right? It's it's like a different world now. But back then, they were, they were pretty good company games. So they were like, yeah, we'll take it back from you. No bother. So, I, yeah, I don't know how many people returned it. Spence, do you want to ask Mr. Google? And we'll find I'm out looking, how much... I'm looking right this second. I can't really find find it not gonna lie i keep seeing prices for it and apparently right now the game new costs 14 dollars 14 dollars <laughs> says new to be price, fair $14. that's 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 holding quite a good value for like what ps2 there's probably only 10 copies left in circulation that's probably why See, it, it says that it says it gets it. two sales per month two sales per month wow well, on ebay currently loose price it says so i imagine i don't know what that exactly means Loose price, it's $1.71. Yeah, it's not even worth my, that. My apologies, PS3. Uh, and just look it up. I know you guys, you know, I, I, I bring up the Metacritic score. Do you want to have a guess what this is at? I'm going to go, because normally I go second, so I kind of get a bit of an unfair advantage sometimes. Um, I'm going to guess it's at a 43. Spence? 55. I think someone's looked at it. <laughs> I was just on the Wikipedia one. I, I was just on the Wikipedia. That's so, so, so that's two shots for Davey when he's out. <laughs> no, well, I'm not taking a shot for that. There was not a shot on the line for that. <laughs> as soon as you asked that question, I was like, let's go. <laughs> Scumbag. Scumbag. I was literally just on the Wikipedia. Yeah, I cannot find anything about... Oh, wait. Here we go. In terms of sales. Hold on. Control F. Sales. Poor sales and reception. Hayes was one of the few third-party exclusive titles released on the PlayStation 3 in 2008. Its sales did not meet expectations, selling less than 500,000 copies that year. It is widely considered to be a major factor in the closure of Free Radical, which took place on December 18th, 2008. If, if you look on the wiki under reception, it says prior to release, Hayes gained considerable attention with some media sources deeming it the Halo Killer, which is what is the trap that you fell into, Davey. And it says, however, upon release, the game received generally mixed reviews and holds a 55% approval according to the uh, average aggregator website, Metacritic. So all we can hope, lads, is that with the studio reforming now, that they've learned from that, and Time Splitters, the new one, oh, is great. But we will have to wait. I thought you were going to say Haze 2, baby. No, not Haze <laughs> to Jesus. Wait till my E3 predictions. It's probably about time that we give them a second chance. Hayes came out in 2008. So we're talking, what, 13, possibly 14 years difference here. Yeah, at least. I mean, this game probably, what, you're talking 2023, probably? If they if they rushed it out now, like two years on from now, that'd be kind of a rush job. Um, and that's at the very least. So we're a long way off from seeing anything from this. 
uh, as the studio's only just been reformed. But we will certainly keep an eye on it and we will be popping off when we get the first bit of information. And don't worry, listeners, we will make sure that we tell you. So, boys, now we're on to our topics. I'm bringing in the first topic. Basically, it's about the DualSense. Sony have announced two new color palettes for the handset. We now have Midnight Black and Cosmic Red, both set for release on June 18th and available to pre-order right now. Have you boys seen these controllers? Yeah, I've, I've seen them circulating over Twitter. They do look beautiful. So this is the first uh, deviation from the original uh, variant that we got with PlayStation. Um, you know, it, it's quite nice to see them bringing in the colors. I know I've mentioned a couple of times about sort of themed handsets and themed PlayStations. Um, so yeah, I, I, I welcome this. But um, no, I haven't ordered one just yet because my my dual sense is still going strong. As as you boys know, you know I've I've only got the three games on on PS5, so uh, it's still brand new for me. Yes, Spence, I've seen both of the colors. I saw them on Twitter day one as soon as they were, as soon as they were announced. I saw them and I popped off. I've wanted yeah. I've wanted the black for forever. I absolutely love the midnight black. Now, the color on the cosmic red. It's sure. not really red. That's my only thing it's about pink. it. It's yeah, like it's slightly pink. Yeah, it's like a pinkish red, and and it's nice. It is nice. Don't get me wrong, but I'm all about stealth. I'm all about that stealth controller, and I just think that offset with the blue LEDs around it when the controller's on, oh, it's just a thing of beauty. Now I've ordered the black one. It's on pre-order. Got it straight away. As soon as it went up, I just put a pre-order on it immediately. I don't need it because my dual sense is absolutely fine. I'm surprised, actually, when we played Maneater all that while ago, I'm, I thought I'd, I'd destroyed my dual sense, but it's managed to weather that. So I've got no issue, really, with the actual pad itself, which is a bit of a miracle following that game, but I just need that. I need that black version in my life. It, what about yourself, Spence? Did you go for any of these day one? Well, I, I saw them both day one. As soon as the article went live, I popped off, hopped straight onto the article, and there was a little link linking to the PlayStation website showing off the new dual senses with like full 4k images and they hadn't been updated yet because i was on this article frame one so i was literally refreshing the sony website because i was that desperate to see what these pads really look like i love both of these controllers but unlike yourself davy i've opted for the cosmic red just because well if you look if you look at my room sorry blind listeners again but we'll explain now my room's red i like the color red it's a nice color a red controller you know bit of me what i've said before on a previous podcast was that all the pads i seem to buy are either white or red those are the variants that i go for and i've got the white one already so it would normally make sense for me to follow that with the red but i feel that black's just too powerful it's just (laughs) it's just something magic about it and i tell you what is quite interesting lads is the price differential so when i saw on the playstation blog announcement of this so the price for midnight black is at is at 70 dollars, which is in line with the original dual sense cost but cosmic red is at 75 dollars. now following on from how pricing works here over here in the uk for 70 dollars for a game over there in the states for all you american listeners we pay 70 pounds and that's a much worse deal for us that works out like what 81 dollars around about that so we get ripped off on our game prices but we're doing really well on this conversion, which is really strange because 
our prices work out to be £60 for the Midnight Black and 65 for the Cosmic Red. So it kind of keeps it actually in line with the American market, which is weird considering their pricing for games. Have you guys got any thoughts on that at all? I mean, I've never really put a lot of thought into how much games cost other than the fact that shit games are usually cheaper. But other than that, I'm just like, however much it costs, if it's worth the money, it doesn't bother me too much. So, you know, for me, um, I've, I've been blessed that my family, you know, they, they have the place in the States and I pre-COVID, we've, we've always visited the States uh, fairly regularly, um, at least one time a year. So I've, I've always reveled in the opportunity to buy things at a cheaper price out in the States than, than the, the prices out in the UK, you know, like going back to the, the PS2 days, you know, you, you'd save so much money buying the console and, uh, and the games out there and, the, and they'd be released earlier over on the American market. But it is quite interesting that obviously these handsets are, have a difference compared to the games because we're still getting done for the games here, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, that price difference is nuts. Mm. And especially when you compare it to euros. So like with the euro price, even that's cheaper. Than, than we pay for our games and for our console like we got ripped there might be an opportunity if the euros are are that much cheaper just to get it on like an amazon.de or like a german you know amazon size yeah. and get it sent over because you wouldn't pay the uh import fees that you would from america yeah that's true i think with with like the pads i think it's like it's like negligible like for pads and games the the cost difference of having to wait that time in postage and stuff it's negligible but when you're talking like a console price, like there is there's a there is a difference there. If the conversion rates go in your way, obviously with how the pound and euro works, it changes every day, doesn't it? So you have to get your timing right. You know, if you're buying bulk buy, then there's some savings to be had. You know, if if you went in with a bunch of mates and you bought like ten handsets, you know, there might be a there might be an opportunity there. Is this you pitching a business idea while we're on the podcast, Phil? Because uh, people don't take kindly to scalpers. We'll take this well, off air. Well, I have been selling custom um, painted PS, PS1s now, so that's what I'm doing on eBay if anyone wants one. I can put it in any colour. You've diversified your market because, you know, you've got your rental game store, which is going on, and I've been running security for you for that. So we've had to smash Much a few people's cars up and uh, things like that for a smash game case. You know, that's how it works. And and now you're painting them. And, and now this new scalping business that you're going to get off the, the we'll, we'll work out the details for that after this podcast. I think if any listeners want to come in on us with that, write in to the email, psvtrust.gmail.com, and uh, and you could join us on that scalping business. Yeah, I've got a question. If in America they go into a store, right? Yeah. The controller costs $70, right? Yeah. Don't they have to add tax themselves? They do, but it's state-specific. Different in different states, yeah. So in certain states, will it be $70 plus the tax, or will it be, it, it will say it's cheaper? But when they add the tax, it will add up to seventy. So no, so it would be like a seventy pound, seventy dollar price, and then you get tax, which is added on at state level. So and that's different than per state you're in. Now there are certain states which there's no tax, there's no added tax on top of things. But then other sure. ones, then they got quite a bit of tax on. So yeah, that does that does factor into it. And so maybe that could mean that our prices do kind of work out, averaging out, because obviously we got in the UK for our. American or international listeners, we got a VAT, value added tax, which is incorporated into all our prices. So we don't have to work out taxes. We purchase things. Now, that threw me 
in the States the last time I was over there, actually, because I was over in GameStop and I was looking at the prices for a couple of different games they had. And they weren't much different from the UK. Like they, they were kind of around. I was expecting there to be like quite a big discount. I don't know why. I just was. And um, and but I went in there. And then when I went to the, to the till, I thought, oh, well, it's a couple of quid off. I might as well just pick it up. And obviously the PlayStation being region region free doesn't matter. Went there and the guy's like, oh yeah, with tax that comes to blah 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 whatever it came to, and it would be more expensive than the UK. And I was like, I was like, what the hell is this? This is madness. So, David, you literally got off the plane, didn't buy anything, went straight to GameStop and bought a game. Well, because that, apply, that applies to everywhere in the States that you, you visited. If if that state applies tax, <laughs> it's going to be everywhere, right? Yeah. You wouldn't just get to GameStop and go, this is crazy. <laughs> no, yeah, but I didn't notice it. Like, it wasn't like, um, I didn't really buy anything at that point. I hadn't really bought anything with, like, a kind of price tag on it. It was, like, stuff that I was just going in and, like, getting a cup of coffee or getting like food or whatever. And it was just, I just pay the bill. Like I, I, you know, whatever it is, just pay it. But when it was like something that's like marked up as like $60 and then you get it and it's like $67. I was like, what the fuck is this? And like, oh, it's tax. Jesus. You, you Americans, man, you guys, what are your government doing? Like, I know one of them is going to get gifted with a free game, right? But I might put a label on there. I might I might actually fight the fight for you. I don't know if you want this to happen or not, but I might put my British colonial hat on, right? Because I know uh, that worked out really well for us last time that we uh, took over your country. But I might just literally just send a note on there and say, look, sort your tax system out. Why should you guys have to do your own taxes? Like, you've got to pay them, for God's sake. If I had to do my own taxes, they wouldn't get paid. I'd just get locked up. I was going to say, maybe this is a question for the PS Now um, guide um, listener, because um, he seems to be uh, quite knowledgeable about how the United States works. But we've each chosen a, a state to represent. Of course, I'm hashtag Team Texas. If anyone wants to put that on Twitter, be most welcome. Um, wh- who pays the lowest tax out of these states? You know, which one am I visiting to pick up my PlayStation handsets in bulk? So remember, the ways you could interact with us and inform us on this decision. And also, if you want to contribute to my open letter that I include inside the case of Robot Wars, they have to open up thinking, oh my God, we got we got Robot Wars from PS1 here. They open up and there's a big letter in there, right? Which is on behalf of us as the PlayStation Nation. If you want to contribute to that letter, this act, this act of God, where he's intervening and saying, here's a free game, sort your tax system out, right? Give with a one, Take with the other, okay? And and that's what it's all about. Write into the email. Let me know what we should put. PSWeTrust at gmail.com. And of course, you can drop a, drop a comment on Reddit. URL will be in the subscription for that. Um, we're quite active on Reddit, so we're always on there, ready to answer your questions. You can also reach out to us on our Twitter, at InPSWeTrust, or any of our individual Twitter accounts, which will be in the description below. Or, you know, tell us what you think in a review on apple podcasts sounds like a brilliant idea also if you wait for the eve of the 22nd of this month we'll be looking out to the night sky for smoke signals so please put your messages out there and of course we'll read them on the next episode gondor calls for aid (laughs) (laughs) so for topic two it is my topic and this is very recent news actually just coming out on the day of us recording this podcast So The Last of Us 2, 
Our Game of the Generation for PlayStation 4, as voted by this podcast, has had a PS5 enhancement, finally. It adds 60 FPS and resolution increases across the board. Now, I am super excited about this. Now, I've already earned the Platinum Trophy, so I've got no reason to go back and play it just yet. But it is something I certainly will be revisiting over the course of this generation. Lads, what is your excitement level for this? And will this make you want to go and revisit it again? I know we we, we touched on this uh, when we talked about the game we cannot mention, uh, the village version of the game, where I, I generally complete a game and, and then maybe go back to it when there's an update or DLC. I think this is the type of thing that would bring me back and, and replay The Last of Us 2 because... Yeah, that, that was obviously very high on my list of games. And yeah, I, I, I need an excuse to go back to it. For me, I, you, we all know I love Last of Us. I still haven't got the Platinum. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for something along these lines because it was bound to happen. We knew it was going to happen. And obviously, I'd love to go back and get the Last of Us 1 Platinum, which, Davey, by the way, thank you again. Phil, I don't know if you've seen it. Sorry, blind listeners. This is just going to be a moment between us. But... For my birthday, Davey got me a horrific reminder that I'll never get the Last of Us one platinum. <laughs> I bought That's you. Amazing. I bought you a platinum trophy replica, and it was the PlayStation Three platinum trophy replica, and I put on the engraved the Last of Us. So he may not have it on the PlayStation Network, but he's got it in real life, and surely that's better, right? You've got it to me. The multiplayer trophy shouldn't shouldn't count. So you've got it as far as so I'm concerned. Does this count on my platinum list then? It will until you get to the same level as me and then no. I'll take that. But yeah. Phil looks gutted about that. Phil looks gutted. It's another step. He's like, <laughs> leave me in the dust. I don't care about trophies though. <laughs> but basically, this is all I've been waiting for. The Last of Us 2 patch. It's perfect for me. I've wanted a platinum game for a long time, but I've never really had, I guess, a reason to do it. I've just kind of been waiting, and this patch is exactly what I wanted. So yeah, I'm more than likely going to be re- revisiting, it, revisiting it as soon as we have another dry spell, which is probably as soon as I beat Returnal, really. Well, I thought it would be quite interesting, actually, to have a little look at some of the key games that have already had these performance boosts already. And then I wanted to ask you guys, after that, which games you think deserve this treatment done to them. So just to read a few notable games out. Days Gone now runs at 60 frames per second in Dynamic 4K on PS5, where it's capped at 30 frames per second in Checkerboard 4K on the PS4 Pro. God of War, as we all know, that had a patch a little while ago. That runs at 60 frames per second in Checkerboard 4K on the PS5, where it was limited to 1080p and around 40 to 50 frames per second in Performance Mode on PS4 Pro. Ghost Tsushima, (laughs) one day I can say it properly, that game can now be played at 60 frames per second on PS5, or it's capped at 30 on PS4. Ratchet & Clank, running at 60 compared to 30. And a joy for us, Remnant, running at 30 frames in 4K, or 60 frames per second in 1080p on the PS5, where it is just reduced and stuck at a static 30. I think there's one more game you want to mention there, mate. Our favourite game from last month's PS Plus offering at the bottom. Of that list. Oh, Jesus. Okay, yeah. Zombie Army 4 Dead War. <sighs> that runs at 60 frames per second in 4K on PS5. But nobody's going to see it. 
because nobody cares about that game. That game is shockingly bad. Also, one I've just Googled, um, purely because I was quite confused that they, they did an upgrade for the 50 Cent Blood on the Sand um, game. But no, that's the Blood and Truth game, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Blood and Truth is the the um, yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, that's the first party game. That's um, that's actually a, a PlayStation um, a PlayStation VR title. That is. So that's yeah. probably why I haven't heard of it because I, I I know Fifty Cent. He's he's got his fingers in a lot of pies, so he might have just got that upgrade for PS Five. That would have been so good, honestly. I'd play it. Why don't I play it? I reckon. We should champion that game to come back. I think that game's it's one big. of the games with the most swear words per thing. Like every single time you smack someone, he's like, "Bitch!" Like, like every five minutes, <laughs> literally, like every action you do, he's swearing at someone. And that game is so funny. Uh, I'd love to see that get remastered. That would be an absolute dream. To be so, fair, the graphics weren't that bad on it. I'm just looking at it now. I reckon you should play it for next episode, Phil. I'm not sure it needs it. The PS5 patch. Do you know what? No, it doesn't need it. Leave it as it is. It's a classic. <laughs> Just release it right now. Yeah. <laughs> so what games do you guys think then are kind of desperate for this kind of treatment? Are there any that spring to mind? Spencer, why don't we start with yourself? Um, I'm trying to think, you know. There's not a lot of games I played on the PS4 that I really think need it. I'm trying to think. How does... Resident Evil 2 Remake. Oh, I just pressed the button. Resident Evil. Fuck. Oh. Alright, that's a shot for me. Oh. That's a shot for me. Hello. I wanted to mention it, so I had to take the button, didn't I? Yeah, you did. You kind of, yeah. You opened yourself up for that one. I can't say the game that can't be mentioned to Remake. Well, let's, let's have a look. Do it. Ask Mr. Google. I think true, it runs true, at true. 30. Offhand. Apparently... The game targets 60 FPS, but that doesn't really happen except for on the Pro and the Xbox One X, where it's 60 FPS and 2880 by 1620, so a 25% cut on each axis from 4K, which is a very strange resolution to me. But 60 FPS, I mean, just make it 4K. It's all I want, really, and I'd be happy. I'd love to. I'd love to play that game again. I love that game. Phil, what about you? I think it's pretty obvious for our listeners which game I'd go for. So PlayStation owners um, would have experienced Death Stranding in 30 FPS, uh, but Kojima Productions actually originally said the intent was to have this at 60 FPS, which is what uh, PC players actually get as standard. So to get that upgrade on PS5 would be big, and that would be an excuse to go back to that game for me. I have platinumed it, but... I think to see it at that that higher FPS, I would definitely go back to it. Yeah, I'd love that. I've got I'm I'm literally sitting on a an excuse to go back to that game. I'm I'm I really want to go back and get that platinum, and that could be the thing that tips me over the edge. Especially if they put in, if they upscaled it to be 4K as well. That game's already beautiful. So stunning. It's a stun. It's a stunning game. Now imagine that game in 4K. 4K on 60. Oh 5. my gosh, be beautiful. Oh. Does it have it? Does it have ray tracing? Um, I don't know about PC version, but the PlayStation Four one definitely didn't. Damn. So that would be nice. That would be lush. Be nice. Maybe I'd actually play it. Well, I got one for you boys, and I think Spencer, you might kick yourself with this one. Bloodborne. Bloodborne is currently locked to thirty, and that game is desperate for a sixty. 
Now, the PC modding crew, as they always are, they are digging hard at trying to get this game running at 60, and they got it running at 60. Uh, but, obviously, it's on a modded version. It's not like a real version of the actual game. PlayStation, come on. You own that IP. Just do it already. The fans have been crying for it for such a long time, especially with Demon's Souls running so clean at 60. Just do it. I, I've platinumed it. I've done everything on Bloodborne. I I just love that game. And to go back and see it be as smooth as it possibly can be would be game-changing. You are, you're completely right. I am kicking myself, especially because on the article, I saw them mention they want Bloodborne tablets. Oh. <laughs> and I also saw them mention another game. Oh, go on. That I think you'd both agree with, which I haven't even played, but I own. Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, Horizon, yes. That would be so good, especially as me and Phil both got the Frozen Wilds to tick off the list at some point. So that could be like a real good reason to kind of go back and, and play it before we get Forbidden West later in the year. Yeah, I was going to say, with number two sort of coming out, it'd be a great excuse just to go back and just like test the waters, get your skills back up with all the items. It'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'd love that. I would I would literally, I would love that so much. And that's a game that is just, like we were saying with Death Stranding, I mean, they're made on the same engine. Gorilla, baby. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful game. Like you were saying with Death Stranding, we both got the Platinum on Horizon, but it's just an excuse to go back in. And especially when we got the DLC sitting there as well. It's like an added little sweetener, isn't it? That would be good, yeah. I've I've heard that DLC is is crazy good, and I I I wanted to go back and and I'm sure I have it as part of the play at home initiative now. So if they upscale that, that would be crazy. So listeners, we'd love to hear from you on this. Are there any games that you're screaming out into your car radios right now and thinking you've missed Fifty Cent Blood on the Sand? That game is desperate for for an upscale. It's not perfect as it is now. Let us know what you think. Is there any that we've missed that should definitely get this kind of treatment? The email, psweetrust at gmail.com. So our final topic, and the button has been disabled for this topic because yet again we're going to talk about Resident Evil. There's been new information regarding the Resident Evil 4 remake, and it's made its way to Reddit of all places. Most notably, the game will be exclusive to next-gen platforms. Uh, it could be timed for a PS5 exclusive. We're going to have the same voice actors as Resident Evil 2 Remake. There's going to be a mix between first and third-person elements. This is a point I'm not chuffed about. Potentially could be semi-open world. I don't know where that's going to go. It might go the way of that Uncharted game where there was that section that you just got lost in forever and ever and ever. Uncharted 3 and on Lost Legacy did it, didn't they? Lost Legacy, that's the one I was referring to, yeah. There's going to be more... Uncharted 4, sorry. Uncharted 4. Sorry, sorry listeners. Before you all write in, correct me. Hold off on that. It's Uncharted 4 in the Jeep. Put those email fingers down. There's going to be more content based around the Merchant and the Chainsaw Man, which would be cool, right? That would be interesting if they filled out that story a little bit more. And of course, there's going to be some more tie-ins with the upcoming Netflix series. A lot of this is going to be speculation, and you want to take this with a pinch of salt because it is Reddit, and you know what it gets like. People just add in whatever they like. But boys, what do you think about these predictions? What do you feel is right? What do you feel is wrong? And have you heard anything else on this topic? 
I've kind of... I like RE4. I like RE4 a lot. I think it's a brilliant game. I'll play the reboot, obviously. I don't really care what they do to it too much. All of this does sound pretty good, but I just I want them to add more horror to it. And if they add a bit more horror to it and a bit more of like a tense tone, because I never felt tense throughout that game, then I'd just, I'd love it, I bet. Like, you you went back to Resident Evil 4, and obviously you played that. Do you play it on the PS5? I played it on my PC. Played it on PC, right? But you didn't play it when it came out. I think no. when it comes to Resident Evil, and we can definitely press that button as many times as we like during this, this segment, <laughs> if you play it at the time of a release, it's a lot more scarier. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. You're kind you're, of caught up in the excitement, aren't you? You're gonna. It's it's like if you went back to any of the originals, you know. If you went back to like my favorite, which is 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 the original Resident Evil Two, that's not going to be scary to you, right? It's going to be a bunch of big blocks, colored blocks on the screen moving around, isn't it? Bumping into each other. It's going to be much harder to understand than you know playing Resident Evil Village now. I mean, I I played Resident Evil One obviously just after this, and I was shit scared of RE One. It was it was remake, not remake, but. I'm talking about the originals, PS1 originals. You're not gonna be you're not gonna be scared of those. No, probably not. But when I played remake, I was actually horrified. I'd push back on that because I think it's not so much the graphics; it's just the atmosphere, and the atmosphere that those games elicit, especially with Resident Evil One and Two, is scary. I think even though the graphics are bad, even though the graphics are bad, you you kind of the first hour right of playing it, you'd, you'd notice the graphics are bad. But when I played through Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, after about half hour, I didn't even notice that the graphics were bad. I just was totally absorbed in it. And I think when you get something then jump out on you, and that creepy music, which the music's always been phenomenal in those original games, it will still get you. I know you were going to mention this because of because of your review that I, I, I watched earlier yet again um, for Resident Evil 3, just to pick up on this topic. But you experienced it when it came out. Spencer didn't have those memories. For you, you're arcing back to that time when you played it. It's the same when I play Resident Evil 2, the original. I'm as scared as when I was when I originally played it. Spencer doesn't have those memories to play it. So I think I think it's different. It's, I mean, I did play RE2 when I was a kid. I didn't play it. I don't think I ever beat it. I think I probably played it and was just mostly confused. Oh, I can't remember much of what I did. I just know I did play it. But... I, I'm just using you as being the young no, I know. Yeah, I person on the podcast, right? But... I don't know what you're saying could ring true. It makes sense, but I don't. I'm graphic, like graphically speaking, in a game, the graphics don't make the game. When if you're like absorbed into a game, I don't think it matters how it looks. Really, you'll feel what the game's trying to tell you. That's the sign of a good game. Really, is that it doesn't depend on on the graphics. The graphics will heighten the experience. Yeah, sure. But I think after after the graphics kind of wear off and you kind of become accustomed to whatever it is, I think then it's in, in how they build that horror. So with the classic Resident Evils, and it was built around the kind of the tension and the slowness of it, and you like opening that door and having that moment where you don't know what's going on, it's just building music, and, and you're just kind of like self-doubting yourself, like that's all still there. And if anything, it's probably heightened because you don't have that like quick kind of loading time. It just takes ages. So you've got more time for your mind to kind of wander. Um, now, I haven't played the the original one or two for a long time, so I could be completely speaking out of turn on this. But 
I'm sure I will be going back to them on my YouTube at some point. So it will be quite interesting, especially Resident Evil 1, because I haven't played that original for such a long time. And, and what's the URL for any of our listeners that want to want to catch up on your channel? I know we mention it quite a lot, and uh, you're definitely gaining quite a lot of uh, uh, views and subscribers on there. Yeah, it's, it's going really well at the moment, um, focusing on Resident Evil. Um, it's just go onto YouTube, type in SSJ Davey, and you'll find it easy enough on there. Got uh, reviews all the way through the mainline series now up to Resident Evil 7. So I haven't played Resident Evil 4 since its original iteration. I didn't enjoy the game at the time, and that's why I haven't sort of revisited it. But after watching your YouTube reviews, I'm definitely looking at Resident Evil under a different lens now. The things you pick out as kind of flaws within games, I'm, I'm judging the newer games now based on based on things that you, you pick out within your, your reviews. Um, so for me, Resident Evil 4, if, if they're correcting some of the things that you sort of picked out in your review... That would that would definitely bring, you know, a lot more excitement for me what, uh, to revisit this title. I gotta say, I don't know how the hell they're gonna remake Resident Evil Four. I honestly think this is like a lose lose scenario, because that game. Now I don't feel this way, but a lot of Resident Evil fans adore Resident Evil Four, and then a lot of Resident Evil fans hate Resident Evil 4 because then it influenced Resident Evil 5 and 6 and people hate those games. Sorry, Phil, I know you love Resident Evil 5. I hate 4, but I love 5. Yeah, it's just weird to me. Yeah, that is weird. But I make my own choices in life. I'm not just like reading the wiki and the Metacritic score and going, <laughs> yeah, that's right, so I'll go with that. I'm just making up my own mind. No, that's that's totally fair. That's totally fair. Like that little dig there. Like, is, <laughs> I can imagine that's all I did. <laughs> Just like, what does everyone else say? Oh, let's just chuck it in. The reason why I think it's a, it's a hard game to, to, to remake, right, is that as far as I see it, there's only two ways that you can go about remaking this. Either keep it exactly the same as it was before, like with Resident Evil 1 Remake, where they just got the existing system that was there and then improved upon it. Uh, so adding in things like the crimson heads and the burning the bodies and things like that to make an extra layer of choice in there. Or you go down the Resident Evil 3 remake route where you change it and you focus it on a single goal, which in that case is escape, right? And you build the entire game around that. But it changes kind of everything about it. Whatever way they go, they're going to piss people off. Exactly. There's two very separate camps when it comes to Resident Evil, as you've mentioned. So whichever way Capcom turn and... I think I've criticized Capcom in the past for this. They very much listen to the community, right? Yeah. And they just kind of blindly do what they're asked. And this is why I think the Resident Evil series has kind of chopped and changed where it's going based on the feedback they've got, because they always take it on board and include it. Yeah. They're one of the the developers that actually listen to the community. You're, you're completely right. I mean, reviewers at the time when like Code Veronica came out, we're saying, yeah, the game's fantastic, but we're just sick of these tank controls. We're just sick of these fixed camera angles. We're sick of this like item management. You know, the game just feels stale. It feels old. But then you change it all for Resident Evil 4, and then you end up sacrificing what made the series so great. So it's like, and then sure, you get a load of new people on board that then that's their version of Resident Evil. So then how do you then keep the old people happy while still keeping this new crowd happy? And and that balancing act that Resident Evil's always kind of gone along. And, and that's, a tr that's a tricky thing to do. 
Capcom have well and truly created a monster. They have. They really, yeah. they like, really literally, have. they've created a monster here because you're never going to please a hundred percent of your player base. No, you're really not. Now, speaking about you were saying about the validity of this Reddit post right at the start of this topic. Sure. Now, there's a prolific uh, Resident Evil leaker called Dusk Golem, and he's leaked absolutely loads of details. He's the guy that leaked a lot of the information about Resident Evil 2, about the Resident Evil 3 remake, about how that was supposed to be all included in one thing, which came out as true. He's leaked an absolute shared load of stuff, so he's a really good source for, for knowledge on this. And he put out a series of tweets kind of responding to this and putting in knowledge that he knew. Fortunately, or unfortunately for Capcom, the leak that happened with all their information a while back had some key information for when they had original dates set for these games and things like that. So I'll read you out just a couple of things that he says. I'm not going to read it word for word. What he states, Dusk Golem, is that the game has restarted development. So the original plan for Remake was not exactly like the original, and he could say that as a fact. He said the project did get a reboot, as most know. They're taking RE3's criticisms to heart. So they're trying to make it more akin to the original Resident Evil 4 experience. The code name for Resident Evil 4 is apparently Chainsaw. And he says, while Capcom do work on a pay-us-for-exclusivity deals, he doesn't believe that part. And that's the one part that I'm like, there's no chance. There's no way they're going to make that an exclusive deal with PlayStation. There's no chance. Outside of Monster Hunter, it's their biggest series. You don't want to tie that down to one platform. It makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. He also says, the camera switching thing I don't know enough about, the project pre-reboot to say but it sounds like bullshit to me with re2 they kept camera options in debug but focused on a single angle he also says on there about the chainsaw guy and says yes that is he's heard that from his sources that dr salvatore is the, the chainsaw guy that he is getting expanded upon same with the merchant now for my money on this obviously having no insider information that camera switching thing between first and third don't buy that for a moment. Not even for a moment. I don't believe any of it's going to be in first person. I think the entire thing is going to be third person, centered behind Leon, going to be a similar control scheme to Resident Evil 2 and 3 remakes as opposed to how Resident Evil 4 was, where it was tank controls, but an over-the-shoulder perspective. Do you think that information may have got mixed up with the VR um, iteration of Resident Evil 4? Because, of course, that's in first person. Potentially potentially i don't know how much of this i buy at all if i'm honest with you only because like with them restarting development we're a long way out from this like people are saying 2023 and that's quite likely but you're saying they've restarted the development which way were they going originally with it so originally they were going to be going down the route of resident evil 3 style where they just change everything right An annoying because that's probably what i would want and <laughs> to to be honest with you I've said this before on the podcast, uh, so this is nothing new to the listeners here, but I'm happy going along whichever style they decide to go down, because you've always got the original there to, to reference back to. I suppose I should clarify, because I always have an issue with Twin Snakes, okay? The difference is, if you're choosing to keep the game as is, but then you add in things which don't add anything to the experience and actually take away from it, I've got an issue with it. If you're deciding to revision how you see that game and put it under a different style 
or focus it on a certain element, totally cool with that. New vision on an existing game, totally fine. Same with how Resident Evil 3 Remake did it. If you're doing Twin Snakes route, we say we're going to just faithfully remake it, but add in first-person controls as Snake does random backflips every five minutes. Not happy with that. And so that's my kind of just clarification there for the audience. But yeah, I think the rumor-wise, I'm excited for whatever they do. And I don't hold this game in the same high level of esteem that a lot of the fandom do. So whatever they do to it, I'm not going to be disappointed. And that's always a good place to be in. Yeah, I think I, I, I feel the same with you because, I, I, you know, it's, it, it's, not, it's probably not even in my top five of Resident Evil games, right? Whatever, whatever happens with it, I'm going to play it and we're going to get a new view on it, aren't we? And if it's just the same game with upgraded graphics, then I'm just going to comment on how nice the graphics are, aren't I? Spence, how are you feeling about it? Because you've only recently played uh, Resident Evil 4. Yeah, I mean, I agree with what both of you have said, where you don't even think it's in your top five. I think it's literally probably my sixth sixth favorite Resident Evil. But I'm the same, whereas I don't really care what they do, because although I did enjoy the original... I don't hold it anywhere near as high as RE2 Remake or RE1 or even 7 and Village. It's nowhere near. It's just a big gap after number after my fifth favorite game and then number six. There's a big gap. So whatever they do, as long as it's not dog shit, I'll be quite happy with, really. I think the only thing that we can be rest assured on is that the control scheme is definitely going to be improved. So they're definitely going to bring over what Resident Evil 2 and 3 did. They, they have to. Those games feel yeah. like like butter especially compared to resident evil 4 which does feel weird like whereas i love tank controls but like resident evil 6 felt great right like it felt great to play like even if it was that control scheme in there i'd actually be really happy about that like you know jumping and dodging through stuff like resident evil 4's original style and this is what it's gonna be quite hard to do is really campy like and it's campy on purpose and it's so over the top but in proper just camp style like the way that leon just kind of walks in and then we're like rustler's here and he'll be like he'll just say like some sassy line he's like oh when he's talking about ashley he's like oh she's got big ballistics when he's talking about her tits it's just like it's the entire thing is just like so crazy over the top you've got like a little midget guy who is like ordering around like i think in my review i called him the anemic milky bar kid he's like it it's, it's a just, bit like a Scooby-Doo mystery, isn't it? It's it like, is. Oh it my is. God. <laughs> it is. And, but, but it's like yeah. self-aware enough to know it is. Mm. And, and that's what makes it quite a fun experience to play. So if you're taking Resident Evil 4 on a serious tone, then that is going to be drastically different from how the original game was. And that's, I find that really interesting. And I'll be, I'll be really intrigued by that to see that. I just don't know how you can possibly remake this game include a campy style and it be effective in being a survival horror game because that style just ruins any any form of tension in that game yeah i imagine they just follow on from seven and eight and they keep that kind of like serious gritty kind of serious notion that this is real right and then they bring that to resident evil 4 and you've got (laughs) the milky bar kid dancing about you know how is that gonna work it you know impress me capcom (laughs) <laughs> I'm open to it. I'm going to buy it anyway, aren't I? Yeah. All of us are, mate. We all will. Yeah, of course. 
And I, I mean, I'm sure there's a load of Resident Evil 4 fanboys now, like Joseph Thomas, that are shouting at their radio, changing the dial, trying to turn it off. They don't want to hear it, right? Because they love Resident Evil 4. But for the rest of us sane people who have, you know, a good bit of taste in their video games, they're they're probably in a similar boat to us. It's just the problem is you're going to have the the voice that's going to be out there is going to be those kind of fanboys who want it exactly the same. And that's going to be the loud voice in the room. So if Capcom listen to that, I think they're going to have a really hard time developing this. I, I think the smartest thing they could do is just go their own way on it, like they did with Resident Evil 3, reinvent it. If you're making it serious, you have to reinvent at that point anyway. But, I mean, we got a couple of years probably before we'd even see it. The danger is, though, if they listen to all these suggestions by the fanboys and they kind of feel like they're giving them what they want, if it's not exactly what they want because they scream the loudest, it's going to get trashed, this game, isn't it? Because the people that wanted it changed aren't going to like it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a, it's a dangerous game to touch, I feel, with this one. I know. It really is. When Resident Evil 2 Remake was announced, right, I remember everyone being mega excited about it. Unfortunately, what they did with that is they kind of announced that remake was happening and then went radio silent, right? Didn't see anything. And so we're all, everyone's speculating. They're like, oh, I think it's going to be like Resident Evil 1 Remake was and it's going to be exactly the same kind of style, which obviously I was kind of hoping for. But then when they showed how that game worked and the kind of just how shit scary it is, everyone was on board immediately, right? Everyone jumped to it. They're like, yeah, okay, they've changed loads of it. They've changed what makes Resident Evil 2 Resident Evil 2 um, on a, a basic level in terms of like your movement, your controls, how the, the police station is laid out, stuff like that. The fact you've got Mr. X on your ass all the time. They changed all that, but it worked towards the game being horror. But Resident Evil 4 not being horror? How the hell do you do that? And that, I literally cannot imagine. I know we're going around in circles here, listeners, but I literally, I would not want to be working at Capcom remaking that game. I, like you said, Phil, for me, it's a lose-lose. I I just, I don't know how the hell you do it. Even if you put Blue Point on it, I don't think there's any way they they can make (laughs) that. Blue Point would figure it out. (laughs) <laughs> blue point of the kings jesus i do i do not envy them at all i mean it's a lose-lose obviously it's bound to be a lose-lose but they're just smart if they just go for the bigger win which sadly is just pleasing the fanboys because obviously they're going to be the loudest everyone who doesn't really like the game they'll either just not buy it or maybe not say anything but the fanboys will scream so if they just do their best to remake the game faithfully and just appeal to the fanboys they're not really losing all too much and it would probably make the game sell the best it could which isn't what i want but it's probably what they should do i suppose the only thing we can say about this right is that capcom with resident evil haven't let us down since seven since seven came out back in 2017 they've been on hit after hit after hit in my book I loved Resident Evil 3 Remake. I loved Resident Evil 2 Remake. Resident Evil 7 is absolutely phenomenal. Village is right up there with it. And I shouldn't doubt them. And so even though this task before them is Herculean, they're probably the guys that can do it right now. So I should have faith. But you don't. But we're all raising our eyebrows and we're thinking... It's because it's, it's, it's nothing to do with the turtle. 
It's because it's nothing to do with the developers right now. It's the game. That's the issue. We'll have to just wait and see. I reckon we've probably got... The, judging by what Capcom do, right, where they show this game and then it's out fairly shortly afterwards. You're talking like within a year of normally when they announce it, they're then relaunching that Resident Evil title. Who knows? Maybe next year. We could be sitting here next year on the eve of E3 and we're about to get gifted with the first trailer for Resident Evil 4. And I will gladly eat my words. If that game, if that game looks phenomenal, I'll be the first one to tell you I was wrong. But as it stands, I just, as I said, I just do not envy them. Make a note because as soon as it gets announced and we get we get some concrete kind of like visuals and some information about the game, we need to re-listen to what we've said and let's do a comparison. Yeah, and see how our thoughts have changed on it. That'd yeah. be really really good. Now, listeners, even though I insulted a load of you by saying you're all Resident Evil Four fanboys and you got no taste, I would like to hear about you, even if you are wrong. Just write into the email psutrust at gmail.com. Do you think there's any validity to these claims? And what would you like to see in a Resident Evil 4 remake? There's also an opportunity, the same as we have Potato Chief on. You know, we, we like to bring people into the podcast that have the opposing views to us. We don't want to just, you know, shove it down your neck our views, right? So we had the Xbox PlayStation conversation. Let's have the Resident Evil 4 conversation. Come into the podcast, you know, if, if you're a Resident Evil fanboy and you love Resident Evil 4 and you know your shit about it, send us an email. And potentially you could be on the podcast. I think that'd be really interesting. It'd be good. Especially, especially as it's such, it's such a beloved game. And for us to have the opposing, all three of us to have the opposing view on that is rare. So that will be... That we never be agree on anything, do we? No, well, but this us. unites us all. This unites us all. It really does. Christ, we don't even all agree on Resident Evil 5, but we all agree on Resident Evil 4. That's just... It's, this it's, is... This is probably one of the only reasons we're friends. Like, do we like each other outside of disliking Resident Evil 4? <laughs> Maybe that's the glue that holds it all together, this podcast. Resident Evil, hating it. Resident Evil 4 is the glue. <laughs> <laughs> and I think on that note, it's time for us to end the podcast. Thank you ever so much for listening. Now remember, if you want to take part in the show, as I've mentioned a few times over this, you can write into the email, gmail.com. Of course, you can jump on our Reddit. Uh, the URL will be in the description. And you can always feel free to talk to us on our main Twitter in PSP Trust or reach out to any of us on our individual Twitter accounts. And also feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you ever so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the first and hopefully only sober episode of the podcast. Now, I've been Davey. I've been Phil. And I've been Spencer. Take care, guys. Peace. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just before the episode ends, it's Davey here. I've just edited the podcast, and I realized to myself, we didn't actually get any footage when we were out on the weekend. And it turned out it was actually just because it was a bit of a quieter night than we anticipated. Turns out, with this coming to the end of lockdown, Mark, that everything just closed really early. So none of us got trashed, and none of us took our Resident Evil punishments. So, what we're going to do instead is the next episode, Phil can dictate when me and Spencer take our punishments. So it probably means next episode is going to be more messy than normal, which is going to be good for you guys, but bad for us. But I thought, we can't just get off scot-free. But anyway guys, sorry to drop in just before the end of the podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the episode. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, 
See ya. In PS We Trust is hosted by Davey, Phil, and Spencer. You can write into the show via our email, pswetrust at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at inpswetrust. To find each of us online, follow our Twitters at SSJDavy, at PhilipHoy, at SpenPi underscore. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. See ya.